Now to weigh in on all of that is former Speaker of the House and Fox News contributor Newt Gingrich. He's the author of Beyond Biden. Great to see you, Newt. Thank you so much for being here. Your thoughts on all of this. Can you explain why it is that even as Russia is uh, causing all of this death and destruction, some say genocide, we are still working with Russia uh, as far as having them negotiate on our behalf for the Iran deal and we just shut off imports uh, 24 hours ago? Well, look, I think that the Biden administration has no ability to think strategically. Uh, so they bounce from press conference to press conference, uh, from a ridiculous statement to ridiculous statement. Uh, they don't come to grips with reality. The reality is <clears throat> that Putin is engaged in what are clearly war crimes. Uh, these are criminal activities <clears throat> targeting maternity hospitals and children's hospitals, uh, targeting nuclear facilities. Uh, the reports I saw this morning are that the Russians are moving towards using chemical weapons exactly as they did in Syria. Uh, they're bringing in uh, Chechens to terrorize people. They've sent in the Wagner Group, which is Putin's personal assassination squad, to try to kill some 23 Ukrainian leaders, starting with the president. That is a criminal act by any standard. And nobody in the West wants to come to grips with the fact that you now have a huge country with 6,000 nuclear weapons whose leader is engaging in a series of war crimes uh, and who clearly is extraordinarily dangerous. So they keep dancing around it. But the Iranian agreement is insane. I mean, you have at a time when Russia's invading uh, Ukraine, killing innocent civilians, engaging in clearly criminal acts. The Biden administration is letting the Russians set the tone for negotiating with Iran at a time, by the way, when the leading state power of terrorism in the world, the Iranians, actually have people in the United States trying to hunt down and kill uh, former government officials. And apparently yeah. the Biden administration has avoided indicting two of these people because they don't I guess they don't want to offend the Iranians. Uh, this, this is literally madness. This is not political. It's yeah. not right and left. These are people who are just deranged. They're out of touch with reality. Newt, they don't want to offend the Iranians, but they're perfectly fine offending the Saudis and the United <clears throat> Arab Emirates. Let's face it. The Iranian-backed Houthis uh, were striking Abu Dhabi as, as recently as a month ago, and the Biden administration said nothing. And now here's Joe Biden, hat in hand, going to the Saudis, uh, going to the United Arab Emirates, going to Venezuela with hat in hand, trying to get them to pump more oil uh, to get gas gasoline prices and oil prices down. I was just struck by the story yesterday that the Wall Street Journal uh, broke that the Saudis and the United Arab Emirates did not take his call. The White House, by the way, is denying that. Well, well I mean, first of all, what you have is a secular religion, uh, which people like John Kerry believe in so passionately that they will do virtually anything. So getting, you know, for, I mean, why would you take oil from Venezuela, but not from Texas? Why would you take natural gas from Iran, but not from Oklahoma? I mean, there's something so profoundly perverted in the entire thought process of the Biden administration that it doesn't fit any kind of traditional political situation. Second, if you watch Kamala Harris, how could you send her anywhere? I mean, the fact is she's, she is such an example of weakness and, and ignorance 
that having her in Poland and Romania weakens, it doesn't strengthen the Western alliance. And nobody's coming to grips with the reality of Putin. Uh, Putin has engaged in actions that are clearly war crimes. Uh, and he is directing them himself. They're getting worse. He's getting bolder as he gets more desperate. And, the, you know, the, you had Secretary Blinken doing the right thing the other day, saying that, yes, we would help the Poles deliver MiG-29s to Ukraine. Within a day or two, the Defense Department of the very same administration says, no, we can't do that. Well, I mean, where are we on all this stuff? And frankly, I think we're yeah. drifting towards an enormous danger of nuclear war and an enormous danger of a decisive defeat of the West. And, and we're not doing anything about it, really, enough. A lot of people say the response has been weak, sanctions on oligarchs. Uh, I know that we've sent some equipment, but this debate about whether or not to help in the transfer of jets to Ukraine, as Zelensky begs for it, and John Kerry doubles down on his climate agenda. You just hit it spot on, Newt, the fact well, I mean, that the climate czar... Yeah, John Kerry is worried about the climate agenda, even as war rages in Ukraine. Here's John Kerry this week. You got to have, I got to get your reaction. Watch. We're already seeing climate refugees around the world. If you think migration has been a problem in Europe from the Syrian war, or even from what we see now, where do you see 100 million people for whom the entire food production capacity has collapsed? Mr. Speaker. Look, you have to start with the idea that John Kerry is totally out of touch with reality and that it tells you a lot about the Biden administration, that it is filled with people who are out of touch with reality. Uh, the fact is the war against Ukraine is going to raise the price of wheat bigger, higher than the price of oil. Millions are going to suffer and, and millions are probably going to die of starvation because of the Russian attack on Ukraine. Uh, the fact is that the shipping, is to which was already messed up, is now dramatically more messed up because of what's happening in the Black Sea. Uh, the fact is that the Turkish economy is cratering because of the effect of the Russians in the Black Sea. And to not understand that the, this is one of the great crisis points in American history and in world history. I've, I've always wondered if, if President Roosevelt had picked Harry, Henry Wallace and kept him, he's a very left-wing guy who was very pro-Moscow at the time, if he had been the president instead of Harry Truman, what would have happened? And the odds are that the Soviets would have won. Well, we're now getting to see that. This is the equivalent of, yeah. of Henry Wallace in 1945 giving in. And I, I don't think people realize yet how, what an enormously dangerous moment we're in. Uh, and that this is very close to the late 1930s or to 1914. Putin has nuclear weapons. He is clearly willing to do anything. He has total contempt for the West. And I fully expect him to start using chemical weapons in the next few days because he can't win a conventional war. I think it's been a great shock wow. to him to realize how bad his military is and how courageous the Ukrainians are. Americans need to match the Ukrainians in our willingness to stand yeah. up to a dictator. Even even as inflation surges and the American families feel it firsthand, what should this administration be doing now? We're waiting on the CPI number. We're expecting 40-year <laughs> highs. We've got gasoline at new record highs. And you're talking about the potential for chemical weapons being used by Vladimir Putin. What should the administration's next move be? 
Well, the first move ought to be to totally open up American oil and gas production, repeal all of the executive orders and other things that Biden has done to cripple America, and just and, and communicate to the Europeans that we will be their primary supplier of natural gas and that we're going to drive down the price of oil to take money out of Putin's pocket. Putin makes over a billion dollars a day, every day, out of the current high price of oil. Uh, you can talk about sanctions all you want, but as long as oil is this expensive, Putin is going to be able to afford this war forever. Second, I think wow. we have to have a genuine strategy of strengthening Ukraine giving them every weapon they need and making sure that they defeat the Russian military. Uh, I don't think we can have anything short of an absolute defeat. And third, we ought to start saying openly, uh, Putin ought to be subject to being tried for crimes that are clearly war crimes. They are clearly crimes against civilization. You, you can't bomb a children's hospital deliberately or bomb a nuclear reactor or do the kind of, or, or send in uh, your, your assassination squad to try to kill the top people in the Ukrainian government. You can't do those things and get away with it. And if we allow him to get away with it, we have now entered an age of barbarism and we're gonna see this stuff all over the planet. Uh, and it's gonna be as though the Cold War never existed and the West never won. Uh, and it will be Joe Biden who will have presided over the defeat of the West. Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder why they're not doing all of that right now. I mean, why not? We saw those pictures of the maternity they, they, ward they and the hospital bombing yesterday. They can't. Why? The, they can't because they believe in a secular religion, uh, which, uh, which makes it... Yeah. They, they can't deal with, with violent criminals at home. They can't deal with a violent dictator overseas. They can't confront reality. They get together in a room and tell themselves fantasies. I mean, if you just watch Kamala okay. Harris trying to explain uh, the war, you, you, it should be obvious. These, are, these people are incompetent to deal with the real world. They were fine in a basement for a campaign. They're just terrible in the White yeah. House for a real war. Newt, it's great to see you, as always. Thanks very much for your insights. Good to see you. Former it's Speaker of the tragic House, times. Speaker Newt Gingrich. They sure are. Fox News contributor, former Speaker of the House, author of Beyond Biden, Newt Gingrich. Newt, do you agree with Congressman Gallagher, and do you understand his worry about Taiwan? Well, you know, he's exactly right on both counts. First of all, uh, President Biden first talked about the danger of Russia invading Ukraine in April of last year. <clears throat> so they had 10 months when they could have built up the Ukrainian military, uh, created uh, what Admiral Stavridis has called a porcupine strategy, which is what he's recommended for Taiwan. Make it so powerful, uh, so expensive to try to conquer that it's just not worth the effort. And so I would say, one, they ought to apply that right now to Taiwan, and they should be rushing to Taiwan all the equipment that they would try to get to them later on if the communists invaded. And remember, <clears throat> Xi Jinping is fully as tough as Putin. I mean, look at him in Hong Kong, in Tibet, uh, in western China with the Uyghurs. Uh, this is a very tough guy. And I think we need to prove that we're prepared to, to defend Taiwan, not just talk about it. In addition, uh, the insanity of the Biden administration, first of all, in allowing the Russians to be involved in, the, in negotiating with uh, Iran at a time when we're trying to isolate Russia. It's unacceptable. Uh, it's going to lead to a crazy destructive. Well, it's going to lead to an, an insane deal in which the leading terrorist country in the world is given money by the U.S. 
in order to be able to pay for terrorism in the U.S. I mean, you have to wonder, I mean, where are the Biden people psychologically in, in reality? Second, why does Biden want to appeal to Venezuela, which is a communist dictatorship, Terrible. to uh, Saudi Arabia, which is a, a monarchical dictatorship, but he's against Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Texas, etc. You know, there's an anti-American pattern to this administration that is really weird. And the pro-green stuff is killing Europe. They're waking up. Uh, they're going to go uh, nuclear, and they got we have to let them know we will be their LNG partner. Let's get together on it. Meanwhile, the Absolutely. other the real we I know it's bothering you as much as it's bothering most of America and the free world to see these innocent people killed at a dizzying rate. We seem helpless because we're so afraid of starting World War III. Many cases understandable. We can't do that no-fly zone. We keep hearing it. The General Keith Kellogg came up with this. I kind of understand what everybody's saying about, you know, no-fly zone, don't want to use uh, NATO because of Article 5 concerns. But I've said all along, what if you made this a, a United Nations no-fly zone? And there are ways to actually get there. You can have to work hard diplomatically to do it. But then you get the whole world on you. We've got to make it so hard on Putin, so hard on the Russians, they've got to stop. What about that, the feasibility of that? Well, well, I, I mean, I worry about any kind of no-fly zone because in the end, it means you're shooting down Russian aircraft. Uh, and I think once you start down, you know, we went through the whole Cold War and we were pretty careful on both sides. Russians didn't kill Americans. Americans didn't kill Russians, even though at the margins things went on. But we never got into a direct overt fight like that. They got 6,000 nuclear weapons. Uh, and I think it's a lot better to crowd Putin day after day. I think uh, there's a brand new book out uh, by Herman Perchner called Post Putin, and it walks through the ways in which Putin could disappear. And I think the longer this fight goes on in Ukraine, the weaker Putin's going to get back home. There's an amazing new uh, tw tweet out of a Russian POW talking about the fact that he thought they were coming to Ukraine as saviors. He had, you know, he had no idea. So. I think uh, Putin's in danger and we ought to maximize the pressure on him, but not do it in a way that leads to World War III. Yeah, 7,000 Russians have been arrested, 4,000 over the weekend, 4,300 over the weekend protesting. Imagine if they've actually got the whole truth. Uh, thanks so much, Newt. Thanks for putting in perspective and always thanks. offering solutions. Absolutely. Uh, as well as the danger, caution us on the danger. All right, tonight, Biden's weak diplomacy is failing. He refuses to take aim at Russian oil. He's still importing it, making Putin and Russia rich again. He's creating a massive threat to our national security in the process. Here with reaction, former Speaker of the House, Fox News contributor Newt Gingrich. Uh, really two questions for you. What should America be doing to help the Ukrainians fight for themselves? I don't want one American boot on the ground, and I know you don't. And secondly... Maybe you can tell me, you're a historian, you're a professor like Levin, um, you can explain why we're not producing our own energy resources, but we're begging OPEC, the Saudis, the Venezuelans, the Iranians, and still importing uh, energy from Russia. Because I can't figure that out. I would fail that class. <laughs> well, let me say, first of all, your conversation earlier with Congressman McCarthy was really important. Congress has a responsibility here. Congress should step in and, and literally uh, make it impossible 
to spend any money implementing an agreement with Iran that is being, by the way, negotiated by the Russians in the middle of our condemning them for invading uh, Ukraine. This, this whole thing is crazy. Second, Congress ought to pass a, a law repealing all of the Biden anti-American energy provisions and establishing a very aggressive uh, liquefied natural gas program to get to help Europe get, get away from the Russians by giving them an alternative. Third, we should make sure that all the weapons the Ukrainians need gets to them. And fourth, we ought to declare that war crimes and treaties really matter. We are watching war crimes. Uh, and there's absolutely should be a commitment that we want to go after Putin and his key people because they're ordering deliberately war crimes, including the killing of children, the killing of women, the attacking of nuclear reactors. Uh, we cannot, I mean, we live in a world that is lawless and the most vicious and most evil people dominate, or we live in a world where the rule of law prevails and there are boundaries. And when you step beyond those boundaries, you suffer significant consequences. But in terms of, of the administration's policies, let me say, first of all, I think it's a pathology. I think these people are nuts. I think that they are basically anti-American. Uh, the idea that you would say uh, Venezuela is fine, uh, Iran is fine, Saudi Arabia is fine, but now Texas, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Oklahoma, boy, they're dangerous. I mean, you have to say to yourself, this is a psychological problem in the Democratic Party that they actually dislike their own country so much that they would rather buy oil from dictators like the murderer who's in charge of Venezuela or the Iranians who lead the leading terrorist organization in the world rather than from Americans. I mean, it is truly crazy. I think it's the craziest thing since Buchanan allowed uh, the South to take over federal arsenals in 1860. This is a remarkably anti-American policy. If we all agree, and I, I believe we can't put a boot on the ground, America doesn't have the appetite, sure. we can't solve the world's problems, but we can help out an innocent country, a sovereign country invaded. What would you suggest America and NATO allies and Western European allies ought to be doing? Look, I mean, first of all, the courage, the, I, I wrote a recent piece on the bear, the lion, and the bunny rabbit. Uh, you know, the bear <laughs> is the Russians, just as it was under Reagan. The lions have turned out to everyone's shock to be Ukrainians, and the bunny rabbit is sitting in the White House being pathetic. Uh, the Ukrainians have proven if we'll get them the right weapons, they're going to beat the Russians. They're not going to fight to a tie. They're going to beat them. They're going to drive them out of the country. Putin cannot stand six months or a year of, the, of losing troops, having recently a major general shot by a sniper. The other day, 30 Russian tanks were surrendered in one day uh, to, to Ukrainians. Uh, our job is get them the equipment, figure out a way to get them the MiG-29s, get the lawyers out of the way. If the lawyers object too much, send them home or offer them a chance to join the uh, Ukrainian International Brigade. Uh, announce that Americans can go and serve as volunteers as we did in China, for example, against the Japanese. Uh, I think there are more than enough people willing to fight, and they just need the equipment to do it. Um, I agree 100%. Actually, I thought people were premature in saying that the insurgency and the Ukrainians fighting back, maybe not 
may not have been as successful as it is, I'm beginning to believe they can win like you. Great point, Mr. Speaker. Thanks for being okay. with us. Thank you so much, Lauren. Well, joining me now is Forbes Media Chairman Steve Forbes. Steve, great to see you. So glad you're with see us you. on this story. I love that reporting from Lauren. She's on the ground with these guys, and they say, why doesn't the president of the United States call us if he wants more oil? Steve, that's who he should be calling. Absolutely. This strange affinity he has for dictators is almost perverse, absolutely immoral. Uh, there was a cartoon of uh, Biden proposing maybe to sell Alaska back to Russia so we can open up Alaska for oil production again. And uh, it, it, it's a sad situation. And it's the Democrats will pay for it, but the world in America is paying for it in the meantime. And, uh, why, and while we're at it, why not work with Canada? Canada has a lot of heavy oil that they could begin to extract, build a pipeline, yeah. have, uh, the XL pipeline, so we can transfer it to the U.S., it's absolutely morally wrong and economically wrong. And Steve, just because you're so good on this, okay, the, the administration says we're not standing in the way of oil and gas production in America. But the truth is they're standing in the way a, a dozen ways or more with the regulations that you need once you've drilled for a, for a, a, a well or even the process of getting the permit. Steve, talk a little bit about those barriers, because I think people need to know what it is that needs to get cleared away if we're going to solve this problem. Well, it's one thing to have a lease on federal land, which is what Jen Psaki's always talking about. But again, you then have to get the permits. And when you get the oil or gas, you need a pipeline to get the stuff out. And so every step of the way, they have regulatory obstacles. And what they also banks are cutting back on their investment. Regulators are putting pressure not to make investments in this industry. And who does that hurt? Hurts the wildcatters, mm. the people who are critical to this industry. So uh, the big ones know that they shouldn't do it. Uh, they know that they're going to be uh, in the crosshairs of regulators. Small uh, wildcatters can't get the financing. So, yeah, oh, it's there, but you can't get it. It's uh, like offering a piece of candy and then taking it away. Uh, candy, it's, it's more like the, the most important health food the world could ever have right now because it's what <laughs> makes us run. But I want you to listen to this, Steve. This is uh, Fox's Peter Ducey pressing Jen Psaki on just how transitory the latest inflation is going to be. Take a listen. We just heard you say again that you think inflation is going to be temporary. We've heard you say that it was going to be temporary since last spring. So how long do you guys think temporary is? Well, again, Peter, I think what we do is we rely on the assessments of the Federal Reserve and of outside economic analysts who give an assessment of how long it will last. The expectations and their assessment at this point continues to be that it will moderate by the end of the year. Steve, this is what's so scary to me. We are still getting fundamental denial on the inflation problem that we have from this administration. Does that suggest to you that it's going to get worse in 2022? It's uh, certainly not going to get much better. And you have a wall of money. Uh, the Federal Reserve is that's going to be flooding the economy as well. So we could end with a situation coming 2023 is not inflation disappearing, but the kind of stagflation mm. they had in the 1970s. We have slow or no economic growth. We could end up with a recession and we have a real bad bout of inflation. Worst of both worlds and transitory. They're going to have to change the definition. 
from uh, transitory, a.k.a. indefinitely. Right. Yeah, it's the exact opposite, actually. Really quickly, the president wants to revoke Russia's most favored nation trade status. Steve, how big of a difference do you think that's going to make? It makes a slight difference. But if we're really serious about helping Ukraine, who clearly are ready to fight, why not give them attack helicopters and aircraft mm. so those convoys can't set up around Kiev? Why not give them those MiG-29s mm. and uh, give them the means to fight? Uh, because they say there's no reason why those weapons should be held back. Oh, they're offensive weapons. Well, okay, Ukraine is under attack, so they're defending themselves with those weapons. Yeah. So this plot, ch chatter from Washington, oh, we're helping Ukraine. Yeah, you are, but you're not doing nearly enough. And they're feeling the brunt of it, as you saw in that previous report. It, it seems like we're letting Vladimir Putin define defensive and offensive weapons. That's a losing game from our perspective. Steve, we got to leave it there. Thanks for being with us. Always enjoy your perspective. How about we have history repeat itself the way it did under Ronald Reagan, who crushed the Soviet Union economically and did, in fact, supply enormous amount of weapons all over the world to uh, the enemies of the Soviet Union, whether it was in uh, Angola and Africa, whether it was in the Middle East, whether it was uh, in Afghanistan, wherever the Soviets were, uh, Reagan would put up opposition to him. And it's a funny thing. It didn't create World War III. Now, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the Putin wing of the Republican Party, the Putin wing of the media, and the Putin wing of the of the Democrat Party. Biden is a disaster. He's weak. He's not doing the things that are needed for the Ukrainians to win. And this is what's bothering me. Why is it that the Ukrainians have to lose? Why is it that the Ukrainians have to have their cities destroyed? Why is it that we're all sitting and just waiting for the Russians to go in and take out Kiev and kill their president? Why is that? I've never seen anything like this in my life. They want MiG-29s. That's what their pilots are used to flying. We and our allies can give them MiG-29s. They want some F-16s that they've flown. It's our oldest jet, but our most ubiquitous. We should give them some F-16s to fly. We don't have to be in charge of any no-fly zone. We don't have to send American troops into Ukraine. And why do people think that this coward, Putin, who's hiding now in some bunker, is going to nu use nuclear weapons? I don't get that. If he was going to use nuclear weapons, he doesn't need us to provoke them. He can use nuclear weapons tomorrow. He can use uh, whatever he wants tomorrow, but he hasn't, and he's not going to. And neither is that Lavrov, that, uh, that long-in-the-tooth uh, crackpot uh, foreign secretary of his. So they're not going to use nuclear weapons, first and foremost, because they don't want to die. They want power. And then what? What if we do lose Ukraine? We, the free people of the world. What? He may go into Poland. He may go into other countries along there. What are we going to do then? Then he has a head of steam. Then he brings in NATO. So Ukraine is critical to the American people. Ukraine is critical, period. These people need more javelins. They need more drones. They need those fighter jets. And they may be able to stop Putin. Now, what if Putin stopped? What happens to him then? Then he doesn't get the empire he wants. Why is it assumed he'll lash out? Maybe the people there will lash out. Maybe Lindsey Graham, who I haven't agreed with 100 percent, is correct. Some general, somebody will step out and uh, tap him on the shoulder or tap him some other way and move Putin out of the way. I was on, the, on my own show Sunday night, Life, Liberty and Levin, 
with Commander uh, Richard Kemp of the British forces at one point in Afghanistan. He said, I don't understand this argument about Putin. Don't take out Putin. Be the first time in the history of war where we didn't try to take out the leader of a country like that. By the way, nicely to put Putin over my head. I hope he doesn't stab me in the top of my head. But anyway, so here's the thing. We have taken out leaders of the world in the past. We have taken out generals in the past. People have heard of Yamamoto. Uh, during the Revolutionary War, Washington gave the orders to so-called snipers at the time to try and take out their generals and so forth. Uh, Putin is hiding, but Putin has a hit out on, uh, on, on the president of Ukraine. He's got his Wagner group, uh, which is a bunch of thugs. He's got the Chechnyans. Their hit groups are out. There have been three attempts on, on uh, Zelensky. So, so I think what Lindsey Graham has said, what you've said, what I've been saying on my radio show, isn't controversial at all. What's happened is the language and the debate has been controlled by the Putin wing of our society. This guy is an assassin. He's a mass murderer. He is a plotter. He's now doing things that endanger America. And China's thrilled. China wants a weak NATO. China wants, uh, does, you know, China is, has much more powerful military at this point than Russia does. They've got an economy that's multiple times the size of, uh, of Russia. So when they hear people in our country uh, shaking in their boots, what we need is prudence. We need to be smart. We need to be uh, wise and so forth, not, not rush into a war situation. But on the other hand, uh, I think the way that we're, we are creating this situation is really quite lousy. Putin yeah. is not a 10-foot-tall Amazon. Want to see more Mark Levin? Go to levintv.com and subscribe now. Hey, babe! Can you bring me a beer? Excuse me? Listen, I had a long day. I was just hoping that maybe you I could... had a long day, too. Does my long day not matter? I just asked you for a beer. It's not like I asked you to make a sandwich or something. Please calm down. Okay, maybe this will make you feel a little bit better, okay? Check it out. What? My mom got you an apron. This? isn't an apron. This is a message. A symbol of patriarchal oppression and a shackle of cis-heteronormativity. I belong in the world. Toppling gender stereotypes, objectification, inequality, and the subjugation of half the world's population! Breaking news. World War III has officially commenced. As our nation goes to war, the president has declared that one able-bodied member of each American household will be drafted into the military. On the other hand, traditional gender roles exist for a reason. I'm your wife and I belong in the kitchen. What? It's the man's place to work and provide and hypothetically fight in wars. <gasps> Which beer did you want? Here, take a bowl. Here. Can I make you a sandwich? Let me make you a sandwich, sweetie. There's extra ham in the fridge. I'll go get some right now. You know, it's no problem. funny. I was thinking maybe you were right, and actually you can do everything that a man can do. No. And so, no. hey, why don't I make you a sandwich? No, it's okay. You just I give me the apron, no, honey. I really just like the apron. Just give me the apron. apron and it's the, a great uh, apron, no. <laughs> you know what? It'll be a sign. 
that you and I are dismantling the patriarchy together. And as I wear it proudly in the kitchen, you'll be out there in the trenches, proving to the world that you are not some princess that needs saving. This apron really isn't your color. You know what's a great color on you? Camel green. Camel green looks phenomenal what? on you. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 I would never wear green. <laughs> but you have to defend me and our baby. What? How did you? News update. It seems as if the president misspoke, which has never happened before. There will be no draft. Apparently, President Biden was just complaining about the Oval Office being too drafty. Hey, about that sandwich you were going to make me. Babe? Not my color. <laughs> Hi, Justin Trudeau here. I am so sorry you had to see that. Their videos are problematic, eh? Whatever you do, don't like, subscribe, or comment. It just encourages them, eh? Uh, these guys joke about things you shouldn't be joking about. And quite frankly, and pardon my French-Canadian, they're real jerks!